you just can't automate or scale away relationships. What you can do is leverage it. And you can do that by creating what I call an alchemy network, which is a, either a network of colleagues or a network of ideal clients or a network of recommenders, kind of three options. And then it's like owning the casino. You have, like the house always has an advantage. When you own the network, you have an advantage. This is Show Your Business Who's Boss. Listen in on behind the scenes, unfiltered conversations with my favorite business owner friends who take charge and make their businesses work for them. Don't just be your own boss, show your business who's boss. I'm Pia Silva. On today's episode, I'm speaking with the master of leveraging relationships and turning them into profit, boss of his business, Dove Gordon. Dove helps consultants get ideal clients by becoming under-the-radar leaders in their industry by building what he calls an alchemy network of highly vetted ideal clients and referral partners. He runs a number of these groups himself, and he coaches consultants on how to start and run their own profitable alchemy network for consistent referrals. In this conversation, we talk about a smarter way to leverage your network and time to build your business how important it is to go all in on a client-attracting strategy that fits your personality, and we debate whether putting yourself front and center in your branding is considered celebrity branding or just the only way to show you're an expert. So buckle up. Here we go. Welcome to my show. Thanks for having me. My main focus is mostly consultants, although you know professional service firms, which I think overlaps with yours as well. Not exclusively. Yep. Yep. Um, what does that mean exactly? Define that. Somebody yep. who's uh, uh, mostly getting paid for the way they package and deliver their expertise. How's that? Okay. No, yeah. you know what? When I use professional services, I tend to associate that with the like lawyer, CPA, oh. you know, little networking contingency, and which is actually a group of people that I. I have clients in those spaces, but that's not really who I go after. So I'm trying to figure out the difference. For me, it's mostly people who are selling to corporate or Ah, SME for the most part. Uh, Mostly people who a client for them is worth at least $5,000, usually 15, 25, 50, 150, or even more. So the, the, the main idea here is that for people like that, most of their business is not coming from a Facebook ad to a webinar funnel. It's usually also not coming from just, you know, lots of content marketing. Most of their good clients are coming from referral, from introduction, from word of mouth, from relationships mm-hmm. they built over months and years. Mm-hmm. And the challenge with, with, uh, with that is that it's, referrals are unpredictable and relationships take a lot of time. And it's hard to know where you should put your efforts. So often a lot of them want to try to do, let's, let's do online marketing or, or scale. But when most of your business comes from relationships, you just can't automate or scale away relationships. What you can do is leverage it. And you can do that by creating what I call an alchemy network, which is a, either a network of colleagues or a network of ideal clients or a network of recommenders, kind of three options. And then it's like owning a casino. You have, like the house always has an advantage when you own the network you have an advantage. And that's the gist of, of kind of the, where I'm heading, what I focus on now. And gotcha. it's not rocket science, but I've been helping people get started with creating their alchemy network. So that's, that's where I'm heading. I think of you as being all about relationships and this high level networking, I would say networking can span a lot of things. Okay. I think of you as being a strategic networker, I guess more online. How long have you been doing this online? 
Well, JVMM was, is about 10 years. And before that, I, for a few years, I was leading another network of consultants, colleagues who were just like a study group. I don't know, Online. somewhere between 10 and 15 years. Wow. You're really a pioneer in this space. I don't, yeah, <laughs> sure. Let's go with that. Sounds good. I'm a pioneer in this space. Well, I mean, I networked pretty hard about 10 years ago when I first started my business in person. And I don't remember seeing anything about connecting online much at all then. But but that said, I only did it for about a year and a half. Right before I ended, what I was really focusing on was actually hosting events. And this is what I recommend to you know clients that I coach and consult with. I think of, it, of networking for the kinds of people that I work with as kind of short-term client prospecting, but I tell them it's leveraging your time. So you can go and have coffee with one person at a time, or you can host a lunch and invite five people, and now you're the host. And it sounds like that's kind of what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think that what I'm helping people do has certain nuances. I think of and your own alchemy network is, is kind of like having a, a secret society without the uh, snootiness. I remember once we were having a conversation and you said, hey, I'm not really about, you know, being front and center, even though you do tons of marketing. Well, there are people who put themselves out there as the charismatic guru type. And it's very much about, hey, look at me, look how perfect I am or some version of that versus. And, and that's just not that's not a good fit for most people. Most people. And we can instantly tell when somebody is 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 pretending to be, you know, there are those who really believe it and, and it works for them. And then there are the wannabes. And then there are those who are thinking to themselves, this doesn't feel right, but I don't see any other way. So they're kind of stuck. Yeah. Right? The don't want to be. I feel like I was a don't want to be, <laughs> but I did it. Cause but, I had to. It, it, well, I don't know. You, your branding of yourself is great. And it, it seems to be a good fit for your personality. You come across it to me, at least, I don't know what, what words you'd particularly want associated, but to me, you come across as highly competent, you know, a little bit aloof, but approachable, you know? Oh, Which thanks. Is what you want. That's all right. I'll take it. I, I guess I'm, I'm more speaking to the idea of not necessarily wanting to be front and center, but seeing the value of putting yourself front and center. It, it's a, I saw it as a uh, necessary kind of easier thing, even though it wasn't what I personally had planned to do. But as you're saying, it's not for everybody. And certainly if you don't want to do it, it's not going to be authentic <laughs> when you're doing it. It'll probably come off pretty inauthentic because you'll be intimidated or, or just not be able to really be yourself. Is that the idea? Yeah, I think so. So I, I mean, personally, I, I think that you said I do a lot of marketing. I, I think that what people like about my marketing, I think, is that, number one, I, I am being myself. It took me quite a while to find my voice, I think. And I think that's very much about just just say what comes to your mind. Share your experiences. People seem, I believe they like my things because it's somewhat thoughtful. It's uh, original in the sense that there's nothing new under the sun, but when you've lived an experience, when you've lived an idea to the point where you've earned the right to talk about it, uh, and then you talk about it in your own way, then I think that's what people appreciate. And I think they appreciate just knowing that, that they don't have to be the charismatic guru type. They don't have to be out there pushing themselves as this, you know, so, some version of perfect celebrity type, but you could succeed as a consultant, as an expert on what I call the path of mastery. 
And you know, generally what, what I've been focused on helping people do is becoming what I think of as an under the radar leader in their industry. You know, you, you can become a big fish in a small pond, right? Become the big fish in a small pond. And if you create your own network an alchemy network of, let's say your ideal clients, well-placed people across your industry, it could be 30 people, 50, 150, 250, well, 250 is probably on the, the high side, but 150, 200, you create this network of well-placed people across your industry and, and you get to know them and you have some kind of ongoing relationship with them and you bring them together and they all know that you're the one who brought them together and you're the one who's leading it and facilitating it over time. You all have a continuous flow of ideal clients. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's the, the idea because you now become that under the radar leader in your industry. And when you have a reason, so you can reach out to so-and-so. So somebody just introduced me by email to one of the most famous authors in the United States, maybe beyond, right? And you can tell who it is? I'm not going to tell you because he isn't yet in the group, but okay. hopefully he will be, he may not be. But the interesting thing is that when I started the group 10 years ago, I'd reached out to a handful of colleagues, people I'd met online in, in a different, on a forum that we were both part of. And over the years we grew. And not only did we grow in numbers, but we grew in quality. And I think that's a mistake that some people make or an assumption they make that, that, oh, I need to start off with the highest level people. But the problem is the highest level people may not want to start off with you, right? right. So, you know, how do you get there? And, and I've been able to grow the group over the years to where, you know, now somebody is in, it turns out that some, one of the members of the group is a good friend of this, of this person. I told him about the group. The nominating member is only with us for about uh, four to six weeks now. He's very impressed with what he's gotten so far. And he's like, hey, I think you, you, know, you like this. And the other night I checked my email and I saw that introduction. I replied and it was just uh, you know, a day or so ago. So I expect today's Monday as we record this, we'll probably respond mm-hmm. soon. That's exciting. Well, maybe not. That no. happens too. You know? And you never know when that stuff is going to come through. And that's the idea when you're building referral networks is that you have enough of those seeds planted that you can, there is a reliable stream of referrals and clients because they're strong relationships, they're the right people, and you're staying in constant contact with them. Is that the gist? Yeah. Although I don't necessarily think of it as a referral network. People wonder, well, is this just like taking BNI online? And the answer is no, it's not. It's not like taking BNI online uh, because there's no obligation to refer certain people. It's creating your own secret society, so to speak. And there are two two keys that matter a lot. And that is curation and then conversation. You've got to be curating your, your network. You don't just allow anybody in, right? And, and you may charge a fee. I mean, I, I do now. Uh, I didn't always, but that's another thing. I shifted to that uh, a little over a year ago, which was one of the scariest decisions I ever made. What I've come to realize though and, and started helping other people do is that there are a lot of consultants who they're, if they, they're already doing so many of the things that they would be doing if they had an alchemy network, but they have no leverage. They're doing it for free. They're running around having conversations, whether it's in person or online, getting to know people, uh, staying in touch, following up, sending mm-hmm. articles, information, and so on to stay on their radar, to stay top of mind. A lot of these things they're doing that often feels awkward, sometimes feels forced, but is almost always being done for free. When you create an alchemy network, you can actually be 
making fifty thousand, a hundred thousand, even two hundred thousand dollars a year. Uh, if you're charging things, for it, if you're charging for it, and but you can't I, charge for it right away. Well, I think that that uh, sometimes you could, and and I have I have some clients who are charging from the beginning, and some clients who are not. It really depends on. It depends. When it comes to designing your network, there are a few foundational decisions that you need to make. The first being, who is it for? And the second, which is really two sides of the same coin, what's the big idea? Because you need a big idea that's going to lead your ideal member to want to participate. Now, the more concrete, the more specified that big idea is, the easier it is for you to charge. Mm-hmm. There are Give us an example. Well, my under the radar leaders network, that's the relatively newer one for consultants. And it's not for, it's not, it's not right for everybody. So I'm curating it. Mm-hmm. The fact, and, and this is what I started talking about when I was mentioned the uh, payment or not, the fact that somebody's willing to pay does not mean I'll take them in. And you actually, I mean, you can't fake that. That has to be real, right? Right. Yeah. So you, that curation makes a difference, yeah. right? So what's the big idea behind that? The, the simple idea is bringing together consultants who get most of their clients through introduction, referrals, relationships, and they're looking to find out how to create leverage in that because referrals, it's often not up to you when they come, unless you're very mm-hmm. systematic about it. And relationships take a lot of time. So that's, that's, who, that's who it's for. And you know, Can you explain what you mean by they're looking to leverage it? Like, Dumb it down for us. Okay. All right. The way I think about leverage really is that uh, for about the same effort, you can get, you know, greater results. So let's say you, you let, let's say somehow you've called or emailed or been introduced to 20 people. Most of them are not ready to, to hire you for your consulting now. How do you stay in touch with them? So you can put them on your email autoresponder. And I always recommend that. I think that's, that's a, you know, a foundational marketing uh, sales mm-hmm. tool. Do you just and put them on your email list? No, 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 no. I would never yeah. do that without yeah. permission. No, of yeah. course not. You could do that. And then you're, you're having this one-way dialogue with them. But you never really get an update on what they're up to. Or you could once a month reach out to them, send them an email, tell them how you just want to stay in touch or you find uh, these articles that you think might be of interest to them or, or all that. And that's, that often feels forced. Usually you're not going to get a response. Once in a while, you might. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe it's effective. Sometimes they'll tell you, you know, you know, Pia, what you're talking about sounds really good, but we're, we're not ready right now. Get back to us in about six months. So five months later, you get back to them and you find out that a month before that, after four months, they started working with someone else and they say, mm-hmm. oh, I wish you would have. <laughs> We've all had that, right? All right. That's the worst. So, so you ask me what's leverage. Well, what if instead of trying to close a deal or, or find out if they're interested or need your service right now, what if you reached out to them? to see if they're a potential member for your, your alchemy network. Right. And that's, they would be a a fit, your ideal profile, your ideal member. And you've got your big idea that would probably interest them, whether they're ready to work with you right now or not. Mm -hmm. And that gives you something to talk about. It gives you a foot in the door. It gives them an easy. Yes. Even if there's a modest fee, right. gives them an easy yes to start something with you. And now instead of forcing the ongoing or instead of doing it in a way that's only one way, now you have an excuse to get on a call with them every, you know, as often as makes sense for, you know, to find out what's going on. Hey, what's going on? Why? Because they've just joined your network either for free or paid, but especially if it's paid, 
you need to know what's going on in their world so that you can direct the network to be most valuable for them. That's, that's genuine. That's not fake. Now you bring together 20, 30, 50, a hundred such people. They're getting to know each other. Cause remember we want curation and conversations. You've got to facilitate things so that you're bringing together the right people and then making it easier for them to, to actually have conversations with each other. It's not just about you. Wait, can I stop you right there? Cause I have a big question here. This sounds like it works when your alchemy network is for people who are also maybe the the concept isn't, you know, we're in here to give referrals, but they are it means your clients are all also looking for business from referrals. For this no. to work, why would I join the alchemy network if I don't if I'm not looking to like network with other people to get business? Good question. So, one uh, a client of mine, he works with large companies on their new product innovation. Okay. Right? So, large companies have all sorts of great ideas for products, large manufacturers, you know, so as opposed to software. So, large manufacturing companies, they they've got all this new product and and what inevitably happens is that it always takes more time and costs more money. Than, than they anticipated, right? So his ideal client is somebody who is tired of hearing, we need more money, we need more resources, we need more people, right? And, and, and this person realizes that that's not the root cause of the problem because we've already put in more money or we've been through this last time. There must be something else at work here. That's his ideal. And he comes in and over about 90 days, he helps them completely revamp the way they manage and lead their projects. And for him, it's about $185,000 leading up to low seven figures. Okay. Obviously, nice. you know, 90, it, that wouldn't all be in 90 days. Right. The low is seven it just figures, him? But, um, it's just him right now. His aim is to have a handful of these a year. And he's deciding if he wants to grow. So now, what can he do to consistently create a flow of, of leads? Okay. If you're selling consulting that's $185,000 or more, that also involves a number of different, different departments in the business. So... It, it's a long sales cycle because you've got to bring all these people together. So how do you do it? Well, you've got to get your foot in the door. So what he's actually doing is he formed an alchemy network that is focused. The ideal member is the head of R&D for companies of a certain size. So he reaches out to them. Now, and, and we've refined a, a LinkedIn sequence. I'm not a fan of LinkedIn automation, but he has had some success using this with some degree of automation. And then he, he does it himself. And he's been reaching out to these people and using the messaging that we, we put together, he had um, a very remarkable two or three days where he had five senior executives, like I think they're all senior R&D people, uh, book themselves on his calendar, right? In response to his messaging back and forth. Cold, they didn't know him before. Why? Because he was inviting them, telling them briefly about this uh, alchemy network that he had, sharing what the big idea is. And they're like, huh. It's just so different from what they're used to being pitched. Mm -hmm. And what he's offering is an opportunity to, to be in a private network that's facilitating conversations with colleagues of theirs in other companies who are dealing with a lot of the very similar, uh, similar issues. And what we've done is because often the R&D directors can't necessarily hire him for a major project on their own, Right. So they, they often have to bring in, you know, another colleague or two or, or the, you know, the CEO above them. So what we need is we need to get his foot in the door. So we've designed an offer that, that's between twenty dollars and 
so that he's able to get them into his department so that they can eventually come to to go up a level if necessary and say, this guy already helped us with this. We should bring him in for a bigger project. Because some of these people are just really, really hard to get, to get access to. So it's a long play. It's a long-term mm-hmm. game. And, and it's not, these people are not passing referrals to each other, but they're sharing conversations. It comes back to your ideal member, curation, and being disciplined about it. Don't bring in the wrong people and conversation. And it sounds so simple, but they need you to lead. Mm-hmm. They need you to lead. We've all been parts of networks, probably, that fall apart after a while, or masterminds that fall apart. If there's nobody leading it, no one has an, an interest in leading it, it will fall apart. Uh, that's why so many people are, are really surprised that my JVMM group, which is running all about 10 years, that it's been not only has it lasted for so many years, but it's gotten stronger. Yeah. So, and you started charging last year. And I started charging, which was a, a you know, what, what, we, what we think of as a leap. I was afraid of that. I was afraid to do that, but yeah. it, worked out, it worked out well. What was the change? Well. We're, we're in the second year now, and I think we've had about, I think it's about 90% renewal, and we've been growing. So Amazing. What was the, cha- what was the change? It was, why, did I, why did I do that? Yeah, so, why'd you do it? Did you feel the shift in the group after they started paying? Because I always think people you know, value what they pay for. So did it change how people showed up? That's an interesting question. So first of all, why did I shift to pay? So we'd been growing. We grew from a handful of people to about 195, 200 members. And of the 195 or 200, I'd say about half were active and the other half were were not. Of the half that were active, there were probably about 30% who are very active, 30% who are moderately, and 30% who are light. And I realized we need to know who wants to be here. A number, you know, probably about five years before, one of the members, it relates to your other point, one of the members would say, oh, we really should start charging. It'll get a higher quality people, higher quality conversation. I really resisted it. At some point, this member invited me to another network that he was a part of. And this network is very, very hush-hush, you know, like the secret internet club of some kind. And mm-hmm. it included some founders or CEOs of some, you know, well-known companies. I think it was about $1,500 a year, but it was prorated. So if you joined, I think, I'm pretty sure I joined on November 7th. I paid whatever it was to get to December 31st, and then everybody renews, which never made any sense to me, but mm-hmm. I guess they had his reason. So I did that. And in that time, I saw that 50% of their conversation was about membership. How do we get more people? How do we grow, and grow the members? And so then there was about trying to get people to their in-person event. And, and then and I saw that the level of conversation was not higher than my JVMM group. So my lesson from there was that, first of all, charging does not necessarily make the difference. Sure. And, and it doesn't. But, but the leadership of the group does make a difference. I did not want to get to a point where we're having not even 50% of our conversations are about members, but I don't even want 5% of our conversation to be about growing the membership. Nobody, oh, nobody's yeah. there for that. Nobody's yeah, there you've for lost that. me the second you start talking about administrative stuff that I don't care about. Right. Right. Now, we get people in the group who are nominating other members, and mm-hmm. that's great. And they say, hey, Dove, um, I think oh, someone new should, members. Be, uh, oh, should, sorry. should join the group. Yeah. And I'll look them up, look them up, get a, get a yeah. bit of a feel. And if it, if it seems no, like... No, you're discerning. I threw out a couple of names just trying to help. And some of them, you were like, mm, I don't know about that person. And I said, oh, I really respect that, actually. I'm really glad you said that. Yeah. So on a rare occasion, I have had to throw someone out. 
let them go. Only one person in the last year plus, you know, since shifting to paid. Mm -hmm. and, and that was because I, I started hearing stories about how this person was doing a really good job at selling things, these uh, big you know, $10,000 plus programs and, and then just not really delivering. And I'm not talking about, you know, that he did his best and something didn't work out. I'm talking about he did not follow through, mm. you know, and there's no excuse for that. And this was a decision that I meant because I, I have, I go with my gut largely. This is not a democracy. You know, you've got your own little dictatorship. <laughs> the only two things that I control in, in my networks is who gets in and who stays in. Everything else, I really let people, you have to, if you're dealing with adults, I, I don't believe in having lots of rules and, and so on. Like people, you've got to let people be who they want to be. Let them, obviously, if someone crosses a line from time to time, then, you know, you got to say something. Like we had, there was once a, a woman who was very quiet. I remember she had probably hadn't spoken up in, in our, our, our group conversations in over a year. And then suddenly she popped up and she was promoting another another member's weekend paid seminar. And I got a couple of emails directly behind the scenes saying, what was that all about? So I emailed her. I said, hey, just want you to realize that because you're so quiet, you know, like then suddenly popped up with a paid promotion. Like none of us are afraid of, of selling anything, but we all do like to kind of see a balance, you know, not just feel like you're just using it. This was the group was, yeah. was still free then. And she replied, oh yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I've been meaning to participate more. I should, and, and I will. I said, well, that really, that, that wasn't my point. My point isn't that you should participate more because I don't want people to participate because you feel like it's another task and another burden. Right. I want participation from people who want to participate because that's what makes the group value, valuable for everybody. You know, if you're sending out a question, an email about something to the group and saying, hey, what does everyone think about this? Or how, how would you handle that? Why? Because you're confident that you're going to get good reaction. That's the best thing for everybody. And then you get a good response and then that everybody else sees that you got a good response and they're more likely the next time. And you're also likely to, to come back and help someone else when they ask a question. That's the type of participation that we want. Well, so to this point, the same way that being the face of your business and going the, I mean, I, I talked to uh, Ramon Ray a couple weeks ago, you know, Ramon Ray. You no. don't know Ramon Ray. Oh, well, he actually might be somebody that you would talk to because um, he's a big connector influencer. You guys would really like each other. We talked about being the face of your brand mm -hmm. as one strategy. This being a different strategy, it's it's for yet another personality type that somebody is going to be naturally inclined to do. Participating in these kinds of group forums, wanting, you know, responding on line in, I know you do a lot of like Google email, Google. Google group. Google we, we, group. We, we, right. we, that's how we, we interact for the most part. Right, exactly. So that's, it has to work for your personality type. And some people will be very strong in that. And this woman, for example, might not be, so it wouldn't be for them. So wouldn't you agree, really, the larger message to anybody who's looking for how are they going to find their clients is to find the strategy that really fits with their natural inclination and what they are going to be most genuinely moved to do. And this mm -hmm. is a great option that I think a lot of people don't even know exists. Yeah. Even though, it, you know, it, it's a, it's a nuanced variation on, you know, 
a group of people association, which is of course right. the oldest. But 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 those nuances, the the subtle distinctions that I've developed quite by accident over the years, really makes a difference. Well, and out you're of your right. experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of experience that you have doing this, you found really right. a process that works. Right. But I think the question is, what could I enjoy getting really good at? What could I enjoy mastering? Yes. And I said, like, the, you know, and also well, then we have to approach it with a, a confidence that it will drive my business to the level that I want it to. Because if we don't have that confidence, that's when we start to feel out of fear. Okay, I'm doing this, but it may not work. So I also need to do that. And I also need to do that. And, and then we end up spreading ourselves too thin and we're not going deep. We're not approaching anything with the level of mastery that it really justifies. That is such a good point. I mean, any strategy that you try, if you don't go all in on it and give it your all for a sustained amount of time with the belief that, I mean, I believe that almost any strategy can work if you really give it your all. You just have to stick with it long mm -hmm. enough and give it all of your attention. And most people can't do that. I mean, would you agree? Like, I feel like a, a lot of, the kind of consulting and coaching that we do, I find that my job is often just to say, hey, let's get rid of the 80% of what you're doing that is not moving the needle or you're all over the place or you're trying too many things. It's really about mm -hmm. sustained focus and taking decisive action in one direction with the, I mean, I had to, I experienced this with, have you ever done your own Facebook ads? Uh, a few years ago. Yeah, this was discovered that it's it's a full time job. Exactly. So <laughs> a few years ago, I had the same experience, but I was I I had to re it was a mind over matter game because I was like I I know this works and I know it's just a matter of time and so I had to really commit to it for a sustained amount of time and you know invest in mm -hmm. coaches and programs and all that stuff and gosh it was mind numbing but. I did get it to work eventually. And I looked back and I said, there's so much that I had to do, push through, that I can see why anybody would stop and say this doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So many points along the way. And I just had to really believe that it would work. And I can see that, I mean, this is a perfect example of that because you're talking about long-term, we're talking about farming, not hunting, right? Like you are planting seeds and yeah. then you're nurturing them and it might take a while, but it definitely works. I mean, I, I absolutely believe that. What do you think that thought process is for the people that you interview or that come into? Do you think they already kind of have that experience and then they see how your strategy and process is taking what they probably do kind of effectively, but a little spaghetti on the wall in terms of process and then really hone it in and leverage their time. Yeah. I, I think that, I think that the people who come to me for help building an alchemy network, you said for earlier that it's for a certain type of personality. And I, I don't know that this is true for everybody, but, but there are people who just enjoy introducing other people. Oh, mm -hmm. you know, like you said before, oh, I should, oh, I should introduce you to so-and-so. And, and there are people who just do that. They, they've been doing that. That's a really good, and I've been doing that for years, not because I ever stopped to really think about, well, I should really do that because it's good for business. And, and another way, of, another point of leverage uh, is that when you're doing that as part of a network, there, is a, there are additional benefits than if you just happen to send somebody, uh, oh, you should talk to so-and-so on one-off type things, because it just it accumulates in ways that, that I'm not even sure I can explain. For example, people who find that, hey, you know, you should talk to so-and-so. And, and there's a certain pleasure that you get from connecting two people who don't know each other, but you think they should know each other. You may not know exactly why, but they probably will find something. At least they'll enjoy a, good, a conversation. It may not lead to anything after that, but it might. 
And, you know, the thing is, like you said, it's a lot of spaghetti against the wall. A lot of people are doing the things they're doing. They're, it's not adding up. It's a lot of activity, but it doesn't have a framework. There are people who recognize that, hey, if I work with you over, you know, three months and you're going to get me to a point where I have my first, you know, let's say eight to 15 members having brought in $10,000 or more or, or booked $10,000 or more, well, that's a, that's a good deal. Right. You know, I've heard you talk over the years about investing in yourself and your business. You just mentioned it a little while ago. And the people who appreciate that, who recognize the importance of, of that, they're the ones who are, are always moving faster and they're the ones looking for help. Can you clarify? So you have your the two alchemy networks that you run and then you offer your services to coach people through building their own alchemy networks. Is that yeah. the core service. Yeah. On so it's, it definitely has evolved. A few months back, I was able to buy the domain ProfitableRelationships.com. That's a good one. And we're moving, we're moving everything towards uh, kind of a slow rebranding to ProfitableRelationships.com. I'm almost ready to pull the trigger on starting my own podcast, the Profitable Relationships podcast. I have this, uh, the JVMM, Joint Venture Marketing Mastermind. That's a network of colleagues that I've been cultivating for 10 years, roughly. Mm -hmm. So that grows my email list. Then once people are on my email list, they, they get a sense of who I am and how I might be able to help them. So now what we have is really a couple of levels of, of service that I offer. I used to offer more kind of generic, more general uh, kind of core strategy because people really need it, even though it's not what people recognize they need. So, you know, recently I, I pulled the plug for a couple of years. I've been thinking about, should I just, should I just really focus on helping people build their own alchemy networks? And I, I didn't because I kept thinking, well, it's really not that hard. There's not that much to it. You know, anybody could do this. And over time I came to realize, yeah, anybody could do it, but almost nobody is. And as I started to first help, you know, one client and then another client, just kind of in addition to things we were doing, I came to see that it's not that simple. There are all these different nuances. There are all these questions that, that people ask me that I think the answer is obvious, but to them it's not. And to them, it's enough to get them stuck. It's enough to get them you know, that they can't move. They ask me the question, I've got the answer right away because I've done this so, so so many different, you know, many different ways over so long that it really is well worth it. So I'll work with somebody one-on-one -on -one or maybe in, or in small groups, helping them design, uh, launch, lead, and leverage their own alchemy network. Leverage, of course, is monetized. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, it's not enough to bring all these people together. It's not enough if, to bring them together and for them to know what you do. You've got to also give it, give them a chance to, to get started with you. You know, similar perhaps to what I said about the client and the R&D directors, we need something that these people can choose to invest with him without having to consult with anybody else. And I call uh, that a lead product. You got, you have your lead product. Yep. I like it. Well, I want to highlight something you just said, because I think everybody can relate to this. That moment when you realize the thing that's really easy for you is actually not so easy for other people. And, oh, I could actually charge for this. And then yep. the transition from um, not thinking it's worth anything because it's so easy for you to it is worth something. And actually, I can charge a lot for this, even though it's easy for me. I mean, I know I have had that experience many, many times. I continue to have that experience because in, internally, we, especially if we want to give value, we want to make sure that we're actually selling something of value. And if something feels easy, it's hard to really think that it has value. I mean, what was your, how did you 
do you, do you know when you decide, did you just decide, okay, it, it feels easy, but I'll do it. I'll try it anyway. Or did you kind of come around mentally? Oh, it was, and, it, was yeah. it was a slow evolution until we got to the point where I just said, yeah, okay, I got it. So for, you know, for me, it was a slow evolution. I started working with one client uh, who was working with me, at, you know, closely at a higher level. And I mentioned this as an idea for him and he thought it appealed to him and we started mapping it out and developing it with him. And I just came to see that there's a lot more there that it, first of all, it could work for for other people uh, and it could work in different, different scenarios and that there are different ways of doing it with colleagues, with ideal clients, with recommenders. Those are the three broad audiences that we talk about. And, you know, and at some point I had the idea of shifting to profitable relationships, uh, the profitable relationships company, being able to get that domain profitablerelationships.com kind of really, I don't know if that really what cemented it or not, but that certainly gave me, I felt like, wow, okay, that's something I could just, you know, that makes sense. And that's just, it's easy to remember. And well, why isn't it alchemynetworks.com though? I don't, you know, the, I considered that. I considered that. Yeah. It feels like but, that's the branded thing that you own, which is kind of what makes it so cool and yours. Yeah. I, the, I was getting mixed and maybe, maybe you'll tell me it was a mistake, but, but, Oh, opinions. Getting, it, it was. It wasn't. Oh, opinions will kill you. <laughs> yeah, opinions, right? Well, I was getting mixed opinions about yeah. like what's an alchemy network. It wasn't instantly clear. Uh, now, maybe profitable relationships isn't instantly clear what it means either. But no, no, I, you know, I, I think, I think, it, I, think it, I think it just, it just, it just goes. I don't know. It, yeah. So. so it's profitablerelationships.com where you teach people how to build alchemy networks that give you profitable relationships. This is brand hierarchy design here. I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah, as you're, yeah. As you're doing it. So help I'll them wanna, become okay. an under-the-radar leader in their industry. All right. Oh, I like that. I like that. I mean, who yeah. doesn't like a secret society, under-the-radar leader? But I want to, I don't know if it's like poking holes in your in your story, but I want to point something out because you, you mentioned earlier, being able to share from actual experiences, mm -hmm. your thoughts. And, and to me, that is a core piece. I mean, that is my marketing. All of my marketing stems from real experiences and stories and what I can glean from them and share from them. And you do that really well in your emails. I mean, I often find myself, I really don't open that many people's emails, but I open your emails pretty often. And I often find myself relating to what you're saying, which I think is the mark of somebody who is really speaking from an actual experience they had, as opposed to, you know, hired a marketing company to say that thing that yeah. people say in marketing, right? It was a big difference. And so I almost feel like you're saying you're not the person putting yourself out, like doing that celebrity thing. But I, I think you are. <laughs> you're on this podcast. You're going to have a podcast. You've got your emails. you got a blog. Like you're out there. So tell me, are you saying do as I say, not as I do? Or is that the second level to expand the reach? Or how do you see that fitting into what you're saying? So first of all, um, I'm honored and flattered that you enjoy my emails, that you find them worth reading. Yeah. Thank you. That's good. I wouldn't so, just say that. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Look, the when I talk about you know the path of mastery versus the path of the charismatic guru or the path of celebrity, right? It's it's really it, where's that coming from? I'm coming from what I think is uh, is my own experience and and many others of of waking up in the morning and and thinking, hey. I'm really good at what I do. I've got this valuable transformational skill, set of skills, toolbox, abilities. How do I get clients? And then 
we get on a webinar and we get on an email list and then we're assaulted with do this. You got to set up a Facebook ad to evergreen webinar, webinar funnel and do that. And you got to be on YouTube. And once upon a time, it was all about blogging. Remember blogging and who knows what um, else? Instagram and now TikTok and it's a different argument we can have, but yes, keep right. going. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, the point is it's very tactic focused and most of the people out there teaching all this are putting them, putting themselves out there mm-hmm. on a pedestal mm-hmm. as if, you know, this is, and I think that that's the right approach for maybe, maybe 10% of, of experts, but there's the other 90% who start following that path and they start thinking to themselves at some point, this just doesn't feel right for me. You know, you know, it just, they start to feel like, like a fraud. They start to feel fake. Like, I don't want to put myself out as a celebrity, as a, on a pedestal. I, I mean, it's just not who I am. I just want to be doing great work for great clients who appreciate what I'm doing, who can pay me fairly for it or well, and make a great income and, and have a life. I think most people, and this includes me too. I think everybody feels that way. Well, most people are not looking to hit seven figures in scale. I know. I, I agree. We yeah, just want to live. Yeah, <laughs> I think a nice, a good, comfortable mid six figure, maybe upper, with some time to spend it and enjoy it and travel yeah. and take vacations. Doing what and you love. Family. Yeah, enjoy yourself. I think that's what most oh, people want. really want. But they find that they're on this path, um, but they're only on that path because they don't know there's another path. There's another path called the path of mastery. And that's about really developing a deep understanding about why people buy when they buy. Like, why is somebody buying? You know, and how do they choose who to buy from? We're not all natural marketers or salespeople. So we need to come to understand and a little more perhaps uh, deliberately determine, you know, who, who, you know, how do I craft this message? Like, what is it? What can I talk about? How can I talk about what I do in a way that, that makes a lot of sense, that, that really resonates? I think there's a certain personality that needs to understand, like help me understand the thinking behind this. And that mm-hmm. may not be true for everybody, but my approach has always been, I need to understand. I can't just mimic. I feel like an idiot if I'm just mimicking what somebody else is doing. I feel like a fraud. Mm. I feel and- like I have to experience it to understand it. Like I put down every book a third to a halfway through and start doing it before I finished it because I, it's like, I'm not really going to get this until I try. And a lot of that is mimicking so I can understand it. So then I can do it my way. I mean, that's been my experience, but that's, but again, I'm just sharing that as like one approach that works for my brain, (laughs) which might be different. Because everything you said, I think applies to me too. So, 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 so I'm, I'm trying to, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking through, okay, yeah, I also do that. I also like, I I don't really understand something until I do it. Yeah. But, but here's, here's the thing is that I, I think what I'm trying to say, and I appreciate you pushing me to maybe clarify further, because it's a, it's a really good point. I also like, I don't ever fully understand something until I've, I've done it fully all the way through. You know, I remember the first time I tried doing a launch, I spent three months, you know, just put, building all the stuff out. I didn't know what I was doing. Got back, you know, I had set up a membership site. I'm not a programmer. didn't know what I was doing. But, you know, I, I, I did it. And I, I made, a, I think, one sale for $750 so, in three months of work. So Yep, that's first launch experience. Part of it. <laughs> Something suddenly, similar. Suddenly, suddenly, I understood the advice that people have been giving me yes. all along the way. I could not have understood it. I could not have understood it if I hadn't gone through it. And that's really learning something. Can't understand mm-hmm. it until you're doing it. Um, 
I guess what I'm what I'm pointing to is is that I don't think any of us have any trouble or problems with the the like the people who are naturally that celebrity type. Mm-hmm. You know, what we have a problem with is the the person who probably isn't natural who is putting themselves out that way, and, and mm-hmm. we can all sense it. they're putting on a fake performance. It's not who you really are, mm. and we just don't want to be that. You know, that's not who I am. It doesn't mean that I can't do a video or a podcast or or send out emails. We all have to do something. Like, how are people going to get to know us, right? When you build your alchemy network, that's like a golden platform because you could then add layers of whatever you want. Mm-hmm. The reason I can do a lot of these things is because I built that that network over the last 10 years where, I mean, I've had tens of thousands of of email subscribers, maybe over 100,000, I don't know, because there's always a churn. The people who right. unsubscribe, and I have you know, possibly kept track of how many have gone through, but tens of thousands of email subscribers, they all came through there. Mm. Not from me putting myself on Facebook five times a day, not from me being a, a YouTube star, not from anything like that. But having that golden platform of an alchemy network, of being an under-the-radar leader in my industry in that sense, it's given me so many opportunities. So now I feel like, yeah, now, now I could, uh, I'm ready to start a podcast. Cause if I, if I want to start a podcast, I've got some, what I think are creative ideas of how to do this. But you know, I, I think that I'm starting with an advantage. You know, not only do I have people I could turn to who can give me some great advice. And one of the things of having an alchemy network that's fantastic is like, you're often, you know, you're, you're colleagues with people who, if I wasn't a colleague of theirs and I wanted to, to pick their brain for a little bit, it would cost thousands of dollars. I mean, right. it's, it's just, you know, that that's one of the remarkable things. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm tripping over kind of the definition of this celebrity kind of brand, because to me, you're doing that. And so we just have a different definition because I don't necessarily think, I definitely don't think everybody should put on the polished, you know, I'm the celebrity guru look. That's to me, that's more of just the personality of the brand. But I am so with you on the mastery piece. And t- to me, the mastery comes in when you are working on becoming a, the best you can possibly be at whatever it is your focus is, right? Whatever your expertise is. Mm-hmm. Part of that, at least in my experience, and I'm sure you do too because you you write and anyone who writes has this experience, the very act of creating that content helps with the mastery because the act of explaining things that are complicated and having to explain them in simple terms requires you to actually internalize that information in a different way. And mm-hmm. putting that information out there to me is a form of making yourself like this celebrity thought leader brand. It is you, your whether or not your face is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you, your name, your personality, and your thoughts is front and center. And in the expert game, I just don't know how you do it without doing that. I, I hear what you're saying, and I'm going to think about it. Maybe I am a celebrity. Maybe I am I a I think guru. you are. Maybe I'm just... Not a guru. Maybe. It's possible. I'm just saying. And, and if I just discovered that today, then, then that's a blessing and a curse. What can I say? Well, I'm just saying there's nothing... Uh, Maybe that is you. I mean, you, that's the funny thing, because ever since I've known you, ever since we met, I, I have associated you with the way that you position yourself, which is, you know, I'm kind of for the people who don't want to put themselves out there. But yet my experience of you is that you are 
putting yourself out there because that's the only way we can really get to know you. And because of how you put yourself out there, I have gotten to know you. And that's why we're talking today. So my experience of you is very much doing that strategy, not to take away from the fact that some people don't want to plaster their face all around. God knows I didn't either, (laughs) but I did and it worked. But you have to find your own way. And I think that's really, I mean, to me, if you walk away from this episode, listeners, with just that one piece of information that there are so many strategies, really find the one that works for you and your personality and what you're going to go for. Because you don't want to be that woman who has to, who's like, oh, I got to participate. Like, sorry, I have to participate. Like, it's not for you if that's how you're feeling. Right. Right. Well, thank you so much for coming on and and letting me, letting me, uh, question you to 10 ways from Sunday. Cause that's kind of what I like to do. I, I love a real conversation. <laughs> I, you know, I am not one of these people on a pedestal who has it all figured out. No, no. I, I, I and I, I'm not suggesting that you do. I'm, right, I'm actually so, quite so. curious with how, with how you're yeah, thinking and, through this. And, and you have, uh, you, you've raised some good questions and, and it's good. I think, I think you just found out you're a celebrity. Oops. Okay. Well, I, I, I better start to milk it somehow now. You better. Yeah, we'll I'll check in with you in a few weeks. I think you should. I, I think you should have me on it and we'll continue this discussion. Okay. We will. Thank you so much for coming. I'll, I'll chat with you soon. My pleasure. To learn more about how you can use an Alchemy Network to create a steady stream of reliable referrals for your consulting business, go to ProfitableRelationships.com backslash Pia. Also, if you know other entrepreneurs who struggle to put their business in its place and could benefit from hanging out with us, please share this podcast with them. Hard work can only take you so far. It's how you show up in your business that really makes the difference. And to make sure you don't miss an episode of Show Your Business Who's Boss, hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast player. Taking inspiration from Dove today, are you networking to get clients? And if so, are you doing it in a strategic way that makes the most of your time and builds on your efforts? Or are you throwing spaghetti at the wall? Networking is a great short-term client hunting strategy, and I recommend it to anyone who's just starting out. But anything you spend a lot of time doing that doesn't have a bigger long-term strategy that you are building on is a waste of time. So either commit to learning how to build and execute a strategy or focus elsewhere. Whatever you do, it's only going to bear fruit if you commit and go all the way. And whether it's identifying where you should start focusing your effort or where you should stop focusing your effort, that might just be your next step in showing your business who's boss. Show Your Business Who's Boss is produced by Yellow House Media. Production coordinator is Sean McMullen. This episode is edited by Marty Seafelt. Production assistant by Kristen Runbeck. Creative direction by Steve Wasterval. Our theme music is Glass Prisms by Western Runners. 